0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got people weighing in on our Facebook page. You can tweet at us, David DJ James. You can call 855-340-ZONE. Your takes on this weekend of college football. What do you think of the Utes' Pac-12 chances now that Tyler Huntley and the defense shined in that 38-13 route of Washington State? Ryan, holy Toledo, things are looking better. See what Ryan did there? He had to take a shot at the Cougars while celebrating the Utes. And he got it all done in six words.
1: Uh, he's caught up in the rivalry, I guess. Time to move on. But if he still wants to be in that, that's fine.
0: Rocky says still a lot of games left, and any team can win any given week in the Pac twelve. Just look at how many times Arizona State's won the conference. It's not easy to win the Pac twelve.
1: Okay. And which direction does the sunrise? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm unsure. Can you tell me something that is not obvious 365 days of the year?
0: Andrew says, usually Kyle Whittingham coach teams ride the roller coaster with stupid losses. Hello, USC. So I don't buy championship hype now. I had the Utes oh, no. with three losses, no. USC, Washington State, and ASU. I don't see it. Then off to Vegas. I was wrong. Just
1: not sure how wrong you I are. think you're ASU one. You're just trying to do it. I'm not going to taunt you guys. I don't do that. I don't care enough to do that. So I that's why he put in ASU. Come on. See see it for what it is, man. You got a senior quarterback, they got a freshman. The senior quarterback is on top of the world. Now, this team the expectation is to win the division. And yeah, they're, the conference games are hard. The so what? Would you you want it to be easy? Then what fun is that? It's to smoke over a bunch of crappy competition. No.
0: You want to be tested.
1: It's not what you signed up for. Well, once you signed up for the Pac-12, you signed up for, it's probably going to be not necessarily losing seasons, but you're going to have far more seasons in which you do not win the division rather than win the seasons that you do. And this year is your year. Things have lined up. I fully believe they're going to take advantage of Give me reasons why they're not going to. I, any Ute fan, any Cougar fan, give me some reasons. Let me let me hear of reasons this year. Don't go back to, well, what happened whenever. I'm talking about this year. Give me a reason this year why Utah won't win the South. Now, David posted
0: this on Facebook before that question right there, but let's see if this applies. He says, one game does not make a season. The Utes have a bad habit of laying a couple eggs a season. So we're going back. So far, they've done it once.
1: They didn't lay an egg. They lost by seven points to SC in the Coliseum. Tim says if
0: they play like that the rest of the year, no one's going
1: to beat him.: He's
0: ready for yeah, them. You
1: got to go relative to competition. And I agree with Leach's, what he was saying, how some of the, you know, you can't really judge Utah by the pitiful performance that Washington State put out there. So I agree with him on that. I don't know that cracking on the players each time they lose is the way to go. But Leach can get away with it because he picks his spots. And he's coming off 11-2. He can ride that for a while. Well, yeah, but he... I, I guess you can. I... I don't know how many, if you lose a 33-point lead, I don't know how long that that while is over in my mind. 11-2 and two was last year. Uh, but if you think otherwise, fine. I just don't see why the Utes are not going to win the South. Give me reasons. but Don't give me history lessons. I want reasons this year. Because this isn't a history lesson. We're not, we're not studying history when we're studying the Utes. We're this year. Give me based on what you've seen this year. they got beat against SC with three big-time receivers. You're not going to face three big-time receivers. No program the rest of the way has three big-time receivers. The program that has the best receivers going forward is Colorado. With Chennault, and I think the other kid's name is Brown. Those are your two. And and a veteran quarterback to throw to them. Maximize what they can do. They didn't have a veteran quarterback to throw to them against SC, though. It was about the receivers.
2: I'm
0: nervous for Colorado. They love to kill our party.
1: They they did it once. They did it once. You're right. And everyone would love to kill your party. That's the thing about it. And we asked Norm Chow about this a couple of weeks ago. You're now the hunted. And Norm Chow knows exactly about that because he was the hunted at BYU for 20 years. And he was the hunted at SC for however long they had that thing going. Seven, eight years. So he knows about that. So you are the hunted this year. Going forward, every team, that's going to be their second biggest game. With the possible exception of Washington. But they're going to be looking at you.
0: Looking forward to you. Yeah, and they already got beat, so
1: they don't want to lose again, obviously. Because I think with Washington, you got Washington State and Oregon. But everybody else... It's going Oregon State would make their season by beating the nationally ranked Utes. and what are they? 14 now? What is that their latest ranking? 16? 17 17? 17 They'll move up next week and they don't play so they can't lose. They'll move up next week. so they'll be in the top 15. So Oregon State is trying to build a program. that's your biggest uh, win of the season next to Oregon. and then everybody else the rest of the way. maybe uh, U, uh, ASU with SC. Because they haven't played SC yet. But SC, at no point the rest of the way, is going to be ranked higher than Utah because SC has to play Notre Dame. And they ought to get beat there. Yeah. And that'll be
0: 3-3. Three and three. Right. And then will that create enough uh, turmoil around the program? And
1: Well, it won't matter. They'll As far as the ranking, they'll never catch Utah the rest oh, of the way. Oh, I see way. what you're saying. Yeah. The rest of the way, they'll never catch Utah. So Utah will be the highest ranked team that these teams play going forward in the South, among the, amongst the South. And I realize some of them have to play Washington and, or Oregon, and those teams would be ranked higher. But they're going to have to respond to the challenge. The challenge is there. and But th- we always knew the challenge was there. I, I really don't see where it's any different. Either you believe in the team or you don't. And don't give me a history lesson. I don't care what happened in 2017. Tyler Huntley wasn't a senior then. He wasn't completing 70 some percent of his passes okay. and looking complete and total control of the offense at all times. He's the offensive MVP in this conference right now. It's 10 and 2 and 7 and 2 going to get it done. I think so.
0: Because that was what I thought at the start of the season. Would have preferred if one of the losses wasn't to USC to give up the tiebreaker. But is USC capable of seven and two? Because if they're not, then the tiebreaker is totally irrelevant anyway.
1: I'm not worried about SC. I'm worried about Utah, because if you don't win your games, then it doesn't matter what right. SC does. So SC, that they'll take care of themselves. I and mean, they're they're an okay program right now. They're not great. Utah this year is great. I'm not necessarily saying next year and year after and whatnot, and they're not on the level of SC uh, if you compare everything, but we're not. We're talking about, Talk about this, this year, year, right? the 2019 season. I just don't see why people wouldn't be so fired up about these guys. That performance Saturday night was exactly what they needed to regain any lost mojo. Anything that they lost, they quickly got it back. By that performance, just going out there and annihilating that team in the way, in the manner in which they did, I don't think they could have been more impressive. I mean, you know, maybe Simpkins catches a pass and so they have more points and they don't miss a field goal. They didn't get any points out of that drive. That's about it. But that's nitpicking. Those, these are kids. They're human beings. There's going to be mistakes. All every game, you're going to have drop passes. That's no different. Other than that, they were outstanding, and they're doing it without Moss. But we knew they were going to do it without Moss. And I don't expect Covey to return this year. Maybe he does. I mean, I knew something was up last week when I'm getting in my car and the team is, a lot of them are still on the practice field, and I see Covey walking into the facility in street clothes. So that was your clue. Antenna went up. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I make... Uh, Captain so uh, I got a firm grip yeah, of this yeah. one, baby. And then I, but I don't want to say anything because an they get all yeah, now, upset about that. And I
0: appreciate and respect that. But if you, if you weren't listening this morning, 6 o'clock hour, we played Kyle's postgame comments. Yeah. he have been out there. He's been widely quoted. He was asked about Covey's future. Right. And the red shirt, they're going to decide in a couple weeks. But it made it sound like... He's got a bye week here. It doesn't sound like he's playing against Oregon State off Kyle's postgame comments, and then in two or three weeks, they'll decide.
1: And actually, I think that to be competitive, they need him more next year than they do this year. So get the kid healthy, because he is a... Fun player to watch, and obviously it wasn't happening for him this year. So if he needs to be healthy, everyone needs to be healthy, obviously. So they need to have him sit out this year. I'm all for it. Get him back and have two years to go and see what you can get out him. Obviously, he's an injury waiting to happen for no other reason than his size, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why we love the kid because of his size. He's an underdog. He's an underdog completely, and he's a great quote. And he's done things the right way. And we all of us wish nothing but <clears throat> excuse me the most success for him.
0: Well, he uh, <laughs> he takes massive hits out there and if he doesn't have quickness, explosiveness and change of direction because of whatever he's going through, then it's not worth it.
1: He's not a player of that caliber, yeah. Right.
0: It's not worth it. He's they got to, he's got to have the explosiveness and the change of direction because that's well, that's what that's what, sets what got him,
1: him the, the scholarship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, and then led him to be dynamic. And they did it without them. And they did it without um, Zach Moss. But if Tyler Huntley is going to play this well, I don't want to say you don't need Zach Moss, but it lessens the absence of Zach Moss. You're going to need Zach Moss, and he's going to be back. But if Huntley continues to play like this in concert with Ludwig, then you've got an offense that I wouldn't say is extremely explosive, but is certainly capable of winning a whole bunch of ball games. And I'm expecting that that ten and two to me looks legit because even if they were to lose to Washington, or excuse me, if they were to beat Washington, somebody else might get them. The ball might bounce the wrong way in one of those games. Right, Co- Colorado, ASU, Cal. Cal. Who, who knows? Those are the three. Yeah, the, I, I wouldn't more ru- than I, UCLA, Arizona, I wouldn't out Arizona State. I wouldn't rule out Arizona because it's down in Tucson. Things happen, but I get—I agree with you. I just—I wouldn't rule out the cats if Khalil Tate and I know he didn't play the other night. Right. Nor did their running back, but they were playing lesser competition. Uh, obviously, there's no way if their top running back and quarterback aren't playing against the Utes that uh, the cats really, are going to win. Really, really like Utes yeah. at that point, right? But that's that's basically almost two months away, so we'll see when we get there. But yeah, things are looking great for them. They did exactly what they needed to do, and in, they did it in impressive fashion. When we come back,
0: the Aggies, Gary Anderson, turning it over four times, winning by 10 points at home anyway. We'll talk with Gary Anderson next. They're going to earn up for a trip to fifth-ranked LSU. We'll get to that next with Gary. He'll join us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: And now, attention, top of the wire One. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: The Utes are up to 17 in the new Associated Press media poll released this week. They're on a bye before going to Oregon State. We're waiting to hear exactly how bad the injury is to Zach Wilson's thumb. Kalani Satake saying he's going to miss significant time. BYU's on a bye week this week before going to South Florida. Monday Night Football, the Bengals and the Steelers. Both teams 0-3. They play tonight, 6-15 on ESPN. You can listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. Jazz hosts their annual Media Day as the season gets underway. There'll be a Vivint Smart Home Arena. Live interviews with players and coaches beginning at 1 o'clock. Shop of brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. If you're looking for a job, they are looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero team at 801-833-3333. That's
2: Action Plumbing. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach at Washington State, Mike Leach. In a Hollywood feature, what actor would you want to have play you? I've got no real connection with him other
3: than I've seen some of his movies. But um, just his mannerisms, at least uh, as they are on movies and things. I've always thought John Cusack might be a good one. Would it be a romantic comedy? Yeah, cooler? that's right. It'd be, a, it'd
2: be a romantic comedy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play your love interest? In the movie. Oh, somebody smoking hot that uh, <laughs> talks me into dubious behavior, you know? <laughs> and hopefully uh, they make it a hard R so we can have some fun, you know what I mean? <laughs> Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJPK, it's 97.5, and 1280, The Zone. Watch a little bit of that uh, that Aggie game. I know there were multiple things going on, but that was uh, not the start I expected. CSU is a 20-point underdog, and you know, here they are leading, 7 yeah. oh, yeah, nothing, 14-7, 21 yeah, so I watched
1: it uh, right in that very room where young Yak is. Yeah. Yeah. Big Brian. What do we, do we call him the Brown Bear? Brown Bear, Brian Brown, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was uh, working the board, and I was here for the Seeger concert. So I didn't pay attention to the opening act, and so he had it on the computer in there, and we had the Ute game on and the screen that's just above Yacht. Way to get her done. Yeah, nice. So I was in there, uh, and I got I got here at like six o'clock in time for the game. So yeah, I saw most of it actually. The the second
0: half was what I expected. Um, the weather should have slowed down the offenses and all that, but love throwing a couple picks and throwing a pick six. And a fumble
1: inside the uh, yeah.
0: five-yard line. CSU is terrible defensively against the run. Everybody's running on these guys. And I thought the Aggies with two good running backs, a good running, they're, they're really going to control and dominate this game. And it's not like they put up a lot of points in the second half and blew it open, but just the feel watching the game was like, okay, they got this. Whatever that was early, they snapped out of it. And they did. And you don't usually play four great quarters. I mean, that's kind of the nature of college football. There's momentum swings and another team's feeling good and make a place for a little while, even if they're not gonna win the game.
1: Plus it's a conference game. Yeah. And conference games are funkier. There's a familiarity with the opponents. You really want to beat them because you know, you're somebody like a CSU. You're not going to go anywhere based on non-conference. It's going to be what you do in your conference games. Those eight conference games are going to be the difference in whether you consider your, six season, consider your season a success or not. So with that in mind, they're going to be more amped up. So they can lose to Toledo and what whatever. That doesn't, you know, you're trying to win that ball game, but it's not like the next week. When you're coming into Utah State, which has got a rep now. I mean, they've got a rep as a pretty good football program at the Mountain West level. So... They're going to be jacked up to play you. So I account for some of those crazier things that will happen in a conference game that you won't necessarily see in a non-conference game. The bottom line is that they found a way to win and a funky night with the rain. You when know, We had yeah. rain here a little bit down here, but it, obviously it was, it was worse, worse up, up there. there. The storm was more to the north, and some of those places north of those guys, they got dumped with a full of snow. man. Yeah. They had a winter storm in that oh. way. So, you know. Things happen. They found a way to win the ball game. They're two and zero in conference. That's what matters the most to me. That's the mark of a good team. You know, you anybody can win if you're if you're just hitting on everything and things are looking great. But finding ways to grind when it wins out that's more of the mark of a a quality team in my mind. When things are going great. Yeah, you can gravy train anything, but when things aren't and you're getting tested and you're tied or you're losing, especially when you're the favorite, because it's easier for a CSU to play looser, they're in your stadium and you're a 20-point favorite, as you just alluded to, there's some pressure. I saw the pressure with the Utes in the Coliseum. You you could just practically see something that is... Invisible. The pressure on those guys that it got to them in that SC game. We're favorites. We're supposed to win. Oh my gosh, we're a playoff contender. All these things. I think that's what the Aggies faced a little bit on Saturday, and they still found a way to win through no credit of their head coach.
0: Yeah, he was just long for the ride. Wasn't I
1: know, he? again. <laughs> That guy. <laughs> Bad
0: guy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Anderson joins us now, and we did that because we were just told he was on the line listening and he couldn't talk. So we figured why not torture him. Yeah. Gary Anderson joins us on the sprint special guest line, Lisa handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local sprint store near you. I don't know how early you were on the line. We were talking about grinding out wins. They can't all be pretty. You can't win every week by forty. But even in the games you grind out, I think there's two kinds of games. There's the game where you can't pull away, you're in, you're ahead, it's going back and forth. But to fall behind three different times, it's like three different gut punches. What are we doing losing this game? We're supposed to be in it. Okay, now we tied it up. Now we're behind again. I mean, do, is it something you say at halftime? Is it something that players have to say to other players? Because after a while, they don't want to hear from the coaches that's the one constant across 130 college football teams. At some point, everybody you know has heard the coaches' speeches before. What does it when it's 21-14 and you're down for the third time?
3: Well, I just think it's your culture, and I completely agree. It's not uh, it's not some rah-rah speech. And I believe it's you know it's preparation, it's belief in each other, and it's uh, it's a feel. Um, and these kids have done a great job with that. It was like that at Wake Forest, and that's the first time you experience it when you're in a tight ball game at the end of the game, and it was like that at Wake Forest, and these kids battled. And that one didn't end up going our way at the end, but they fought right down to the last snap, and I thought their eyes were good. And, gosh, it's a, it's a great feeling as a coach when you know that the kids are going to go compete. And I, we try to coach them that way all year long as far as just, you know, it's, it, it's not some secret song that gets you excited to play a football game. It's not uh, some secret T-shirt that you've worn since nine. Ninth grade this allows you to play good it's not you know it's not because it's your lucky day um it's about preparation and fighting and when you get in those tight moments you got to keep battling and as much as you talk about that as much as you work in the off season for that and the summer training and all the things you do the kids still have to believe in it and it's great to see these kids keep fighting when they get in those spots and you know we're we're in a spot right now we're 2 and 0 in league um and there's a handful of plays that allow you to be two and zero, and that's it. Period. End of story. And that's awesome to see that we've made those plays to be in that spot. Uh, so I'm proud of the kids for battling and keep on fighting. And um, you know, a lot of times the, the coaching part's overrated. You got to battle and make plays, and, and recruiting's a big part of it. But just hey, making plays at the end when you have to, or even in the second quarter, we had we had one play in this game, and not to ramble, but Dalton Baker, they complete the big ball. The the cornerback gets beat, catch it, they battle there's a fumble because the corner keeps fighting his tail off it's a tie score at that point dalton baker defensive end on the backside, runs 60 yards and and recovers a fumble and is the first guy to the ball 60 yards down the field when he came back across the other side and that may save the game that may have been the play that won the game so it's special to see those kids keep fighting and competing but it's them that believe in it it doesn't matter what a coach thinks
1: yeah, you know, I know you're supposed to stay in the moment and not worry about anything else, but and I think Utah has has battling of that a little bit this year. When you're the favorite, and you obviously you were a heavy favorite, I know you don't pay attention to it, but with everything that's out there, kids hear stuff, how do you stay as focused when an underdog is trying to make its season by beating you, and the pressure's really on you and not them?
3: Yeah, well, again, I think it's... Uh... There's a lot of respect to the opponent, but Colorado State is a perfect example of that. Yes, they were, came in the game, and they, they'd won one game at that point, but we knew what they had done on offense, and they'll pop out and they'll gain your respect as far as what they'd done on the offensive side of the ball, and you know they, had, they had, had their moments on defense where they had played. So we always try to present an honest picture of the opponent to the kids, um, and we've always believed in that. I've always believed in that as throwing who they're playing, what, what this is this guy, this is that guy, we match up well here, this is going to be a tough matchup there there, so on and so forth. and I just think the preparation allows you to be able to respect your opponent um, and not listen to the outside noise, especially when the season is so young. I mean, these guys had an opportunity. The Colorado State has had an opportunity to win a bunch of football games. It just hasn't gone their way for whatever reason. Um, but as you go through time, you know, you become – uh, you become the hunted. And I believe our offense is much under that attack right now. Uh, the way that we got offenses played or defenses played last year, you know, against this fast-paced offense and is much different than the way we've been played this year. Um, and that's because coaches prepare. Coaches look at things and they say, holy cow, guys, if we do this, this is what's going to happen, and not all of a sudden it's going to change. Uh, and so they've prepared differently for this offense, and uh, you need to beat man coverage now whereas you know, we sat last year and said, "Oh, maybe can't, couldn't people line up to it?" As we watched the film, that was their base quarters, was their scheme zone, was their scheme. Well, we're not seeing that anymore. Now we need to understand that we need to beat a new type of uh, defense to be able to be successful on offense, and we need to get better ourselves in the red zone in those situations because people are playing is different there also. So, uh, you know, it grows and develops. You teach your team to be able to handle situations. All you have to say, all those things, but respecting your opponent, I think, is huge. Whether you're a favorite, whether you're an underdog. But you do become the hunted when you've had success. That's the bottom line. So
0: I'm curious about the red zone because the more I watch football, the more I think so many games are decided there. You can have all the stats, but if you don't get the last yard, you don't get four points. You get three instead of seven. It costs you four points not getting the last yard. Your running game with Bright and Warren, do you have a lot of options in the red zone that are going to kind of sustain you over the course
3: of this season? well we need we we need to um and the spread offense typically um is not nearly as powerful i would suppose i would say as it is in the open field when the field gets scrolls down those safeties are sitting there in the end zone they're in a much different uh position to be able to play different types of coverages they're in a position to be able to get down on the run game a little bit faster um so it's you know it is more difficult, in my own personal opinion, the, red, the the spread offense in the red zone is it's more difficult to score than it is if you get yourself packed in and try to create bigger gaps and, and cause some people some problems in running the football um, and that's not who we are right now in our situation. We're spread offense and we get down in those situations and we've remained a spread offense, but it's uh, we need to be better in the red zone. Um, our run game has improved. We've done some nice things in the run game the last couple weeks, which has been good and we need to see that kind of push us through in the red zone or have those plays you know if you, have, if you want to run your quarterback a whole bunch in the spread offense it's pretty good to run the quarterback in the red zone and, but we don't want to run Jordan 15-20 times in the season in the red zone that's not what we want to do if we have to run him we will um, and he'll want to run but in our offense the, it, it's productivity in the red zone has got to get better um, with our spread offense
1: So i got to apologize, Gary. I wasn't believing you when you were saying 1 and 1A with your running backs. I thought Warren had superseded Bright. And as the former receiver with Bright, I don't know how much confidence I had him. But he was simply sensational on Saturday. And so what you were saying about that capability really came to pass. How cool is it to have, and I know Warren had had an injury in that, so I don't know what it is going forward, but to have multiple running backs that you can count on.
3: Well, first of all it kinda of hurts my feelings, you don't believe me. <laughs> yeah, nice after all this time. So <laughs> um yeah, it's 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 been that way. You know, to me, G Bright he earned his he earned his way long ago um, from our first day when we walked in here as a team leader and all the things uh, that he has earned outside of the football field but on the football field we've always had that belief in him and uh, you know I, I just really believe that with those running backs their day will come and it may be the first couple three games like it was with Jalen and you know G. Bright just didn't have those opportunities for those big runs it just didn't happen for him and you know there's a couple of those ones that you know Jalen ran downhill and there's a great big giant hill and he ran a great a giant hole and he ran really fast through it and did some great things and had those powerful runs. And the thing about Gerald in this last game that was so amazing is 179 yards, however many carries it was, but the longest run was 15 yards. I mean, that is a physical, grinding just beat it down. Usually when a guy has 179 yards, there's a 80-yard run in there, there's a 65-yard run in there or whatever that really got him over the top, but it was it was physical, it was a grinding grinding uh, day for him and we we had to ride him in that situation because Jalen got hurt and you know Riley's able and capable to come in but uh, we need a third back well, honestly quite honestly we do need a third back that we can walk in there and say okay now it's your turn and is that going to be Riley consistently doing that is it going to be Enoch going to walk in there and do that now because we need the same physicality of those first two in our third back and we haven't found that yet
0: so you have a little bit of a reputation as a grinder. Was your favorite play in the game, and you told us already, you told us about one of your favorite plays, but you stand a guy up, you strip him of the ball and run it for a touchdown to put you up by 10. Was that really your favorite game? I mean, there's no X's and O's and all that. Just It was a rugby scrum. Just rip the ball away from him.
3: Yeah, and it's the second time the kid's done it. So, yeah, it probably would be my favorite play because it was a, an absolute humongous game-changer. Um, you know, three-point lead, all of a sudden turned around to a ten-point lead, and then we're able to kind of run the clock out from there and, and grind some things out to, to give them very few opportunities. But Woody is such a... The, the coaching's over on that play, right? I mean, there's not a lot of coaching that's going on in that situation, that scenario. That is just uh, ability, that's want, that's want to, that's care factor, and it's just kind of having it. I mean, Woody's got it. He just he just walks into the scrum. He did the exact same thing at Wake Forest, um, but we got that mystery magical defensive P.I. called on that one. Um, that So it didn't count as a touchdown, but uh, there's no doubt that he has a knack for making special big plays and, you know, what he made it in that situation, and he's continually done it. And he, you know, I think he's second in the league now in tackles, but the big plays he makes uh, consistently go, and he keeps grinding to get better and better and learning. He's learned a lot of football this year under Coach Anna. There's a lot of things that he's learned in a different type of defense that have been good for him, but his special playmaking ability is, uh, that's all That's all him. That's that's not us as coaches or other people out there doing it. It's fun to watch that happen, though.
1: So now you got LSU, and the LSU program that we've seen over the years was. One, that they don't necessarily have great offense, don't throw the ball very well, good running backs and some defense and all. But you look at this year, their quarterback, Barrow, I think he's a transfer from Ohio State, he's thrown for something like 1,200 yards, and they've got a quarterback to match all that skill talent that they've had that they haven't had, and that just makes it, how do you defend these guys given the fact that they seem to be much more potent than they've been in recent years?
3: Yeah, they – they're really, really rolling in all areas. Um, you know, Coach Rand's defense is playing at a very high level and the offense is uh you know, you just throw on the Vanderbilt tape and that's the tape I watched first and uh they're up and down the field and big chunks of yardage and just kinda of going up and down the field at will. Um and I've got great respect for that defensive staff and Um, At Vanderbilt so it'll be a a definite challenge you know uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity it's you're going to go down there and they're whatever they are number four number five in the country and they've got a great football team and um, it's uh, it's the setting is the setting that uh, one of the great settings I suppose in college football that there is and you know, we're playing them at a time in the year that's very awkward. It could be, quite frankly, to uh, quite frank, it's not. It's way different. You play these guys the first game of the year versus playing them the fifth game of the year. It's just, it's just awkward. Um, but it, it, the this, this schedule is there. The schedule was made. We've known it's been there for a long time, and we're excited about preparing and going and playing them.
0: You mentioned Wake Forest in your previous answer. They're undefeated and ranked 20th in one poll, 22nd in the other does that make it easier for you when you look back at that opener or does that make you you, it bugs you even more because you could have
3: had them (laughs) probably tweaks you a little bit more in all actuality you know you're a play away from from uh, potentially being 4-0 but like I said we're you know, this team is is we're two and zero in conference, and we've had two dog fights on our hands, and we found a way to make enough plays to win them. So, I I really believe that the first of the year with this schedule that we had that it is, there is going to be a whole bunch of just big boy grinded out football fights and. Uh, We've won, you know, two of those three, the fist fights that we've been in and that have gone down to the wire. Um, and I believe there's more out there and I think whoever wins this league or gets to the championship game on their side is going to be in Four or five of these battles, um, as it goes through the year, there's just a lot of teams that are playing well, and it kind of goes back and forth. And there may be a team that sneaks up, and oh well, they shouldn't do this on paper, but they're gonna go challenge whoever that may be in the conference that's still in the in the fight. So um, there's battles out there, and we're uh, we're blessed to be two and zero in conference, and moving ourselves on to the next conference game, which is Nevada. But uh, the task at hand right now is LSU.
1: Yeah, and you've mentioned multiple times you are two and zero, and I think the success of your season, uh, justifiably so, should be based on those eight games, not to ignore the other games, but your conference getting to the division title and then finding a way to get in the the title game and win that and so forth. So with that in mind, and and, and I know you're approaching to win the LSU game, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult. We all understand that. And the last thing you need is to have guys get beat up for the rest of your conference season. And you do have one more with the Cougars that is not a conference game. So how do you approach that going in knowing that you're going to have those two dogfights that you've already had going forward you're going to have several more you played what well, played eight conference games so you got six more and then the Cougar game always is always is obviously extremely emotional so what's the approach going to be as far as LSU
3: exactly the same you know and i you just have to that's that's the that's where you're at and um, this is the next game and um it's a big game we'll never walk into a game and say hey well this guy's not going to do this or this guy's not going to do that because we're going to get him ready and if our if our kids are are ready to play um i can promise you this they want to play in this football game whether they're on the training list right now and uh, they're going to fight their tails to get ready to play physically this week and the kids that are physically ready to go today will jump out there and start their preparation so we won't look at it any different um again i look at it as you know it's it is a bit awkward um when you have two of these games that are non-league in the in the, the middle of the season and obviously one of those is byu and that's kind of the normal normal situation um and that game as we all know is different it's a rivalry game but to sit here and have a non-conference foe in this spot i've never done it i've never that i remember maybe there's been that spot before but uh you know it is it is where it is and our we will play everybody that uh is prepared to play and is uh healthy to play and every one of our kids that is prepared to play and healthy to play will want to play so that's how we're approaching it
0: should i believe you when you say that or does that hit a nerve with pk <laughs> what's that <laughs> well he didn't believe you earlier <laughs>
3: So, oh, I'm waiting. He to see doesn't it. believe, now he doesn't believe that one either. Well, well, I, no, no,
0: that was me. I'm wondering about that one. I'm wondering, yeah. that's true about most guys on the roster, but I can see a guy or two. There's the gray area, you can go, even though you're not 100%. Those are the guys I wonder if I'll. I'll see you when you kick it off at LSU.
3: Yeah, well, there's there, there's always that in those situations, right? Okay. To see if they, hey, if, is there a guy that you know would woody in the situation as he goes through the weekend, and we got to get the information from the trainers. You're four games into the season, and there is those kids that are in that spot of you know there's a week where he can prepare, he can be ready to go, or he can't. And you know, I, I just know this: this this team is excited to compete in this game, um, and and they're going to play hard. But uh, I don't. Uh, I w- we won't sit there and say, and I, I really don't think a kid on this team would be like, hey, I'll just, you know I'll get ready for the bye week and then get ready for Nevada and sit out the LSU game. They they want to go compete on this stage. They they want to go play against the best of the best, and that's what we're doing. You know, we're, right now, the way it is and where LSU is, they are one of the best of the best in the country, and we have an opportunity to line up a play against them. Um, these kids want to do that. I don't I don't. The competitor wants to do that, and this team is full of competitors. Well, if you win
1: this game, I'll buy you Coke. <laughs>
3: yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll do a lot better than that for you. How about okay.
2: that? Would <laughs> be the, awesome.
0: What's the deal at Angie's? Is it like the whole the whole tub or the whole sink or the kitchen sink? Right? Yeah, the kitchen sink. All right, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I can't
3: eat that much ice cream, but yeah, I'll. Really. I'll <laughs> We've seen it. I we know we have about, seen yeah. it. yeah. The yeah. kitchen yeah. sink. Or, the whole team's over there at Angie's right now eating breakfast. So, But there better be no kitchen sinks being eaten this morning.
0: So. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Gary. Okay, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Go Gary, Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right. When we come back, this guy sucked. And we got the play of the game. The biggest play of the week and the play of the game. Your chance to win fabulous prizes this afternoon. We'll do that next. Stay with us.
2: And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Here comes a kickoff. Scarver wants so badly to return one, but this is not going to be one of them. Oh, never mind. He's eight yards deep and he's bringing it out to the 10. He's got the edge. 20, 25, 30. He is gone. Here we go. 40, 35. Back to the middle of the field. 20, 50, 10, 5. There's your All-American and there's a kickoff back for a score. No flags on the play. Save on scarber has been dying all year to take one back, and he brought it to the house.
0: That's your Chevy Strong play of the game right there. Know it today at 450 and you can win fabulous prizes on the big show.
2: As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. Just like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Alright, it really sucked. Thought I was going to have a chance to put Tom Brady in this for the first time, PK. 150 yards, no touchdowns, but they did win the game, which is the goal. So, I suppose I can't put Tom yeah, Brady in I think you got to
1: look there. at Buffalo's defense, though, on that one.
0: Buffalo 3-1, and one, the real deal.
1: I mean, unable to win that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, Josh, Josh Allen goes out and Mark- Matt Barkley. I didn't even realize Matt Barkley was still in the league. I had no idea. <laughs> 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 I thought Form he was SC done. Red Sea quarterback, I bounced around, and uh, so he comes in. But in his, today's world, man, you got to have a backup ready to go and – we saw it with Cal Monster, former yeah. UC Los Angeles transfer, not ready could, to go. Couldn't really get anything going if they couldn't. Once they got behind, they had to throw the ball. Five of that, fourteen for twenty-three yards. Yikes! Yeah, and then the, the Devil defense is good. So you got to look at the defense a little bit too. But you got to have a backup quarterback ready to go. The Bears have seen it. Uh, we've seen it with Cal. Uh, both uh, backup quarterbacks with uh, Arizona. And the Bruins in the same game. Stanford has been hurt with that. SC has been hurting with that. So what is that? What did I just name? Four or five programs in the conference, didn't I? Yep. Uh, Zach Wilson looks like he's done for the Cougars, so they're going to get Hall ready. It's just the nature of the game now. You know, and These big dudes, and they're just huge and they're quick and they land on you, they chase you. and You're exposed, you're looking downfield and they're running at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on and it. on and on. Yeah. It's like it's a huge shocker, and I really think that's the only thing that's going to derail Utah's season at this point is the situation. Huntley's if health, if, yeah, if he goes down, they are in a world of hurt. And nothing against Shelley and these other guys, but the way they're not going to come in and Huntley is playing,
0: and complete seventy or eighty percent no. of their passes. He's been off the charts. He really has. Yeah. Uh, other people who uh who sucked this weekend. Are we going to give it to the Bears defense, or can we look at the Vikings and say, "Come on, come on, Kirk Cousins and Viking offense"? Well, was that Thielen this guy sucks?
1: Guy? Thielen, the quarter, are the receiver for uh, Minnesota, calling out Cousins, basically. Uh, so that was something there, and and I, you know, I didn't really re- appreciate uh, Leach calling these guys entitled, fat, dumb, happy, and entitled. What's with the deal? If we got to coach him better, I didn't. Did I miss that? This guy sucks. You know, you can joke and what? Who's gonna a movies gonna play you and a love interest and all that? How about you focus on the game?
0: That stuff's always more fun yeah. when you win. Yeah, and when you're winning, great.
1: I mean, I don't really care who's gonna be your love interest in some movie. I wanna know how you're gonna beat Utah. I
0: actually prefer that when you win, as opposed to going the other way where Belichick's up there giving three word answers so quietly you can barely hear him. But it does ring hollow when you're losing back to back conference games. Yes. Yeah. Just rings hollow. Em- In embarrassing fashion, really. Oh yeah. They haven't put up a fight. I mean it's somebody's gotta win and somebody's gotta lose. But Gary Anders was just on about talking about competing. And when you're getting outscored 24 to nothing at the end of the game, a week after you got outscored 50 to 14 at the end of the game, you're not competing. Where are the in game
1: adjustments and all that stuff? You got to compete. Can I go to some of the, the Twitter responses that I got? Sure. To what? Oh, let's see. Just, you know. Give how, people. How David DJ James puts up with his bleep every morning is beyond me. And that was. And then Sarah. PK makes me want to mute the TV, even when they're talking about the jazz. Good grief. Then another one. Let's see. Kinnahan is nothing more than an attention-starved schoolyard instigator. Uh, and then, you're such a moron and clearly don't take your job seriously at all? What? How about that? <laughs> you totally take your
0: job seriously. How, how about that one? Your, your attendance at college football practices on uh, Monday and Tuesday afternoons is exemplary. You take it quite seriously. Do I? Yes, you do. And you got another one you're trying to find. You're stalling. You're looking down. Well, I'm
1: looking down because I am one? down. How could you not look down? And we're we're constantly getting beat up on. We don't say uh, Huntley is is good. I don't know how much more I could say. Than
0: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so, the, the there, one. There's think. a lot. I saw that over the weekend about, no, Huntley isn't good. And I'm like, well, what show are you listening to? 80%. Off the charts.
1: Uh, honestly, you're an arrogant P-word. You think way too much of yourself. Try to be humble once in a while. It might work for you in the future.
0: What is the, uh, what is that person's name?
1: I don't know. It's some... Um, yeah, what does it say on the handle? Well, I don't even want to give him credit, but yeah. uh, it's not a real, it's not a name. It's not a name. Yeah. So, so, I'm done with Twitter. I'm logging off forever. That's it. I'm done. Shutting her down. Yeah, I'm done. So, we're not going to retweet anything that I do. No more. Nope, I'm done. I've had it. It's affected me. And I am I don't mind the feedback when I'm talking, but I don't want people to have 24-hour access to me.
0: When you're just sitting there and you look at your phone, and then there it is, even though you've done nothing.
1: Yeah. So, I'm done. I want stuff like, DJ, it was nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Like you leaked, or leaked, <laughs> liked. <laughs> you liked. I might have leaked. It was nice to meet you. Now, I do get that in public. Actually, no one has ever been rude to me in public, ever. Because they can't hide behind some anonymous thing. Right. So and I'm out there. You know my name. Hell, you can probably look up my phone number if you really wanted it. And all these guys with the anonymous. I've, I've just I, I am I am quitting that game. Sayonara.
0: All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.